Good morning, good morning. Welcome. If you're a student, you're dismissed. Just so you know, if you're a guest here today, this would not be uh, specifically true of you, but if you come regularly, which the overwhelming majority of y'all are who I'm talking to, um, every morning early, that's one of the things that I pray, in case you're wondering what I pray for, when I pray for you every morning, one of the things that I pray for comes out of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, where Paul says that I pray that God would open the eyes of your hearts. Um, and I thought, well, if Paul can pray that for the uh, Christians at Ephesus, I feel like it's a good thing for me to pray that for you and for me, that we would be able to, um, to see God's beauty, to see God's power, to see God's mercy and grace. You know, if you ask, uh, I always find it funny. I don't know why, but people love to talk to me. And uh, when Shirley and I have ever gone to New York, if I just stop for just a second, some New York dude will just walk up and start talking to me. And I'm, but anyway, one of the things I always ask is, I said, have you ever been to the Empire State Building? Never been there. Ever been to the Statue of Liberty? Never been there. And I'll ask, I've asked, I don't know how many dozens and dozens of people who live in New York every day, and they never have taken the time, sort of like I've never been to Elvis Presley's house. Uh, you know, which I wouldn't compare to some of those real deals in New York. But anyway, nonetheless, um, things that are amazing can be right in front of us and we don't see them. Things that are amazing can be sitting right beside us and we don't see it. Right? If that's true for things that God created... How much more true can it be for the creator himself? That we just don't, we forget, we tend to forget. How wise, how powerful, how merciful, how beautiful, how glorious, how intimate. And so I pray in the mornings uh, for you and your family. And one of the things that I pray for is that God will open the eyes of your heart and my heart. And uh, we'll be able to see God and see who he really is. Um, I want to talk to you this morning about something that uh, is very practical. And uh, I want you to, for some of you, this will be, I, I hope that this is going to really, dang, I didn't see it that way, but now I do, and I'm going to embrace that. That's what I hope. For some of you, this is going to fly in the face of your family traditions. And um, I hope that you'll at least consider what I'm saying and don't write me off and uh, disagree with me just without, without thinking about it, okay? <clears throat> um, I was thinking the other day about my daughter. I have a daughter who's 32. Yeah. And um, I was just thinking about the first 18 years of her life living in my home uh, and just how fun and it was just fun. It was fun, not every minute of every, it was fun every day. I can honestly tell you that. 
It was not fun every minute of every day, but it was fun every day. We had a blast, and it was just, it was fun. And I was just thinking about why it was fun, why that worked, and not that we didn't have problems and challenges, and not that I wouldn't do things differently, because I would. Lord have mercy, how I would. Um, but I was just thinking about one, of the, one or two of the things that, that we did, that I did, that I wouldn't change. And uh, there were a few things, a handful of things that we did as a family, or I did with Rainey, uh, that, that I wouldn't change at all. And one of those things are, was that we prayed. Uh, we prayed every day. Um, every morning she and I would have breakfast together and I'd make, I'd make her breakfast and I'd read the Bible to her and then we'd pray. And, um, and then on the way to school, if she had a test or if she had a little girl at school that was, you know, not cooperating and, uh, uh, being mean or whatever the deal was, uh, uh, or I had a teacher that was difficult, we would, we would pray. And, uh. Praying uh, for your kids is a big deal. Um, that we want to do something, you know, visual. We want to do something to make things better, to make things right, to make things good. In uh, prayer, so often will fall into the category of that's something that's good, but I'd rather do something. That I can see immediate results. And I would just tell you. That of all the things that I did. With and for my daughter. Praying for her. And for her journey through life. I look back now. And I don't believe there was anything that I did. That, I, that, that had more. Impact. More. Of a harvest. Uh, the only thing that I would change about that. Is I wish I prayed more. I wish I prayed more for. Um, and I hope that you will pray for your kids. Uh, and not just your kids. Because maybe you're sitting there going. Well I don't have kids. Or, or whatever. Um, but you've got people in your life. That you. Long. To impact. If you are a believer. If the, if the gospel of Jesus Christ. Has invaded your life. There is something inside us. That have been the beneficiaries. And the recipients of God's grace. There's something inside us. That wants to pass it on. We want to impact people. For good. We've been impacted with good. And we want to impact others with good. And you have people in your life, whether it's a neighbor or a coworker or a family member or a friend uh, talking about today, please don't. I'm going to talk about my relationship with my daughter. But I've got other people that this would apply to, and uh, you do too. So don't, don't miss the forest for the trees. See the point that I'm making. Um, we ought to pray for each other. We ought to pray for the people that we care about and that we want to impact with good. Um, you know, and when you think about praying 
for people. You know, the Bible tells us that it is important that we pray alone. Jesus, the Bible says in Luke, where was it? Luke 5.16, it says that it was Jesus' habit. It was his routine that he would get up early in the morning and he would go out to a solitary place and he would pray. That was his routine. That, that was his habit. That's what he was known for. He would get away and he would pray alone. Okay? The Bible also says, or Jesus also says that we ought to do that. Says, Jesus said in uh, Matthew uh, 6, 6 actually, it says, uh, Jesus says, when you pray, get into your closet, get alone and pray. And so uh, it's important that we, when it comes to praying for people that we care about, it's important that we create time and a place. My place is actually I'm walking. I do better praying when I'm in motion. And uh, so I, uh, I walk and, uh, and that's when I, and I have different streets and I pray for, for y'all. And some of you, the, it takes a long street uh, for me to, to get, get everything covered for you. Uh, but for others of you, it's just, you know, a little old short coat will do just fine. But anyway, um, we, need, we need to set aside time alone if we're going to become the, 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 the people that God wants us to be when it comes to praying for one another. But today I want to turn that a little bit. And I just want to challenge us all. Not to minimize or neglect, not uh, just praying for others that we care about, but praying with people that we care about. In particular, for me, praying with my daughter. I prayed with her in the morning at, uh, um, um, at the breakfast table. I prayed for her or prayed with her. When, when we would be driving to school or when I would, it wouldn't, normally Shirley would bring her home. But if I brought her home and whatever had been going on, if she had a test or whatever it was or a problem, I would pray with her. And I, I just feel like that for some of us, maybe many of us, we minimize... The power of praying with people. And yet, the Bible is filled with examples of not just private prayers, like Jesus in the garden. That was a private prayer between he and his dad, right? But the Bible is also where a, with public prayers, times where a person that had been impacted with the grace of God, the power of God, the blessings of God, the wisdom of God, the, the, indig the indignation of God. And that person would pray in front of other people. And consistently when God's people, when a person, a person of God, a man of God, a woman of God would do that, would pray in front of other people, 
God heard that prayer. God answered that prayer. And God used that prayer in mighty, mighty ways. Let me give you some examples. Moses continually prayed. He would go into the tabernacle and he would pray for the people. But he also would pray in front of the people. He, he showed them what it looked like to pray and talk to God by praying in front of them. Joshua prayed in front of the people of God in Joshua 7. Gideon prayed in front of the people of God in, in Judges 6. Hannah, Samuel's mom, when, when she, uh, when she uh, found out that she was having a baby, she went to the tabernacle of God and she publicly prayed in 1 Samuel 2. David prayed in 2 Samuel 7 in front of the people of God. Solomon did the same thing in 1 Kings chapter 8, which is very significant. That Solomon grew up in a home where he watched his dad pray publicly. And I don't mean, when I say publicly, I don't necessarily mean or even, I'm not even thinking of like me praying in front of this crowd of people. I just mean the opposite of me getting in my prayer closet and praying alone. But rather, Colin comes to me and says, Larry, I'm dealing with something. And I go, let's pray. And not just I'll pray for you, but let's pray right now. And I pray with you. Um, Hezekiah prayed publicly in 2 Kings 19. Jehoshaphat prayed publicly in 2 Chronicles 20. Daniel prayed publicly in Daniel 9. Ezra in Ezra 9. Nehemiah in Nehemiah 1. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, who prayed in front uh, of her cousin, Elizabeth. Uh, she prayed publicly. And I, if, if you, you can text me and I'll send you these notes and you can look at these prayers that were prayed in front of other people and how those public prayers profoundly impacted the lives of those that were listening. Um, and one of the things that if you study, which I've spent a little time studying the prayers, the public prayers of God's people, one of the things that I walked away with is that when I studied the prayers of these people, I learned a lot more about their heart, about their passions, about their theology than I did by reading their words or studying their actions. I learned so much about these different people, who they really are or who they really were and how they operated and what they were focused on and what they were passionate about. I learned the heart of these people by, by hearing, through reading, hearing their prayers much more than just learning about them through their actions. And if you doubt me, the listening to the prayers of other people will change your life. The, the, the longest book in the Bible, the book of Psalms, that's nothing more than God's attempt to communi communicate to us and convince us that listening to the prayers of other people will change our lives. That's what the book of Psalms is. It's nothing more than prayers. Many of them are put to music, yes, but they're still prayers. God's people 
crying out to God. And you and I, because they were written down, we get to benefit from them. We, we, by listening to the prayers of these people, we can benefit by experiencing comfort and wisdom and help. Um, God wants us to benefit from listening to the prayers of other people. God has people in your life, children in particular, mates in particular, co-workers in particular, friends in particular. God has put people in your life and God wants them to benefit by listening to your prayers. And so today I want to encourage you to think about Creating or capitalizing on opportunities to pray more with your children. Pray more with those that are important to you, significant to you. And I want to just declare to you, I don't believe that there is anything that will more significantly impact the lives of those you care about. Than them listening to you. Being in your presence. When you pray. Nothing will reveal more powerfully and clearly. To other people. What your relationship with God looks like. Than you praying with them. And I want to just say. I know. That what I'm talking about. What I'm suggesting. There are some of you sitting here. And you are so uncomfortable. This makes you uh, uh, very fearful, very intimidated around other people or around another, openly, uh, publicly, around other people or around another person. That scares you to death. Maybe that's not your personality. Maybe that's not your spiritual tradition. I understand all that. Um, but I want to challenge you that just because something is intimidating or uncomfortable. That doesn't mean it's not important. And it doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to do it. I beg you to never associate something being. It, for it to be God's will for me. That means it needs to be comfortable. It needs to be easy. It needs to be something that flows out of my personality. I would suggest to you that much of what God wants you and I to do. Is the opposite of what's comfortable. It is absolutely intimidating. It is absolutely scary. Um, and I would just say to you. Don't we do that all the time with our children? How many times have you and I. Learned something. Or embraced something. That we would have never done. We would have never felt comfortable doing. But we learn. To be comfortable with it. Because it was important to our children. And we wanted to join them in that. Uh, we continually do things that initially are uncomfortable or intimidating. Because we love our kids. And I would just say to you. That if you pray poorly. Don't. <laughs> pray poorly. You know, what you, you know what I've discovered? The longer I do things poorly, 
It's amazing how over time I stopped doing it so poorly. Pray until you do it well. You can learn to pray. I, when I became a Christian, I grew up in a, a, a church-going home and, uh, uh, and all that. But uh, when I started dating Shirley and, uh, and, I, and I accepted the, God, the, the Lord as my Savior, uh, and I started, Shirley and I very quickly started dating, and, and I'd go out to dinner with, with Sherry's parents. And uh, um, I'll never forget... <laughs> The first time I went to dinner with them. And we sat down at some restaurant and, and uh, the, the food came. And buddy, I, I was already six or seven bites into my meal. And all of a sudden, I look, I realize not a soul had picked up a fork. And I'm like, what the Sam Hill's going on here? Uh, you know, and I'll never forget a grown man. Before he picked up his fork. He bowed his head, and when he bowed his head, everybody else around the table bowed their head. And he prayed out loud, and he expressed gratitude for the people around that table, and he expressed gratitude for God's provision of something to eat. Um, if you do it poorly, keep doing it un until you can do it well. And I'll never forget, you know, I listened to Mr. Brand pray, uh, women are supposed to pray. You know, they, 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 I just in my mind, that's what, you know. But for a grown man to pray like that, I, I, was, I was not used to that. I'd never, I'd never thought of that. I'd never heard of that. I'd never seen that. And uh, it made a huge impact upon me. And I'll never forget, you know, down the road, Shirley and I, you know, we kept dating. And, uh, and, and, and I, I started saying, you know, I want, I want, I, and I wanted to pray. Uh, when we would go out on dates. And uh, the only reason I wanted to do this is because my father-in-law was doing it. No, he, he wasn't my father-in-law at the time. But, uh, and I was so scared uh, to pray in front of Shirley. And then I, I was so scared to pray in front of my in-laws. I was so scared to pray in front of... I'm just telling you. And, and I'm sure I murdered it. I'm sure it was horrifying. I'm sure that, you know, I, I, I can't remember back that far because I'm old. But I, I'm sure I was intimidated. I was terrified. I was uncomfortable. And I didn't do it well. But if you do something poorly long enough. Bobby playing golf. I hear Bobby can play golf. Now, I, I know just from knowing him that he did not start out playing golf well. But you can play golf well. You start out playing poorly, and you do better and better and better. I'm just appealing to us to consider the power of praying around people that we care about and letting them be impacted and benefited from listening to our prayers. Um, I would appeal to you. Uh, one of the reasons that we don't feel comfortable praying out loud is because we feel like we got to pray a long time. You can pray such, such powerful prayers that are just phrases. Your, your child gets in the car and says, I know I flunked this test that I took and I'm so upset. And for you to just say, what do you do? Let's stop right now. And let's just pray that God's going to help you to have done well 
uh, that you'll find favor with your teacher and say, God, help Rainy get a good grade on the test. Amen. You don't even got to pray for the missionaries in Antarctica and uh, pray for the, you know, everybody in the world to get a loaf of bread. You, you can pray very specifically about whatever the moment is. Pray briefly. Pray specifically. Pray a psalm. We're going to look at that in just a minute. Pray, find a, a verse or two from the book of Psalms. And it's, there's nothing wrong. Uh, you, I am of a spiritual tradition and heritage that does not read their prayers. Just so you know, I am of the unbelievable minority. Christians look at the Christian faith around the world. More Christians write and read their prayers than don't. I'm in the minority, not them. I don't apologize. I don't want to change. I like praying the way I pray. So I'm not apologizing for that. But I'm just saying, well, I, well, I, I wouldn't be comfortable reading a prayer. I wouldn't be comfortable picking a few verses from Psalms and praying, reading that as my prayer. Well, I want to tell you that the majority of Christians in the world, that's the way they pray. Uh, they pray. Let me just quickly give you four reasons that I came up with as to why I believe praying not just for people you care about, but praying with people you care about out loud is so beneficial. First one, I think that it's so important to pray out loud with people you care about because when you do that, you are communicating, you're teaching them that your relationship with God isn't just a belief in God, but it's a real relationship with God. We talk to the people that we're in relationship with. By definition, if I'm in relationship with Kevin, that means we talk, right? If you talk to the people you're in relationship with, and so many of the people that we know and love and care about, whether it's our kids or our friends or our neighbors, they see God as someone to believe in, but to not necessarily have a relationship with. And when you and I pray out loud with them and we talk to God, one of the things that we are communicating is, my, I have a real relationship with God. I don't just have a belief in God. My relationship with God, it's active, it's vital, it's living, it's real. And um, I just would say this to you, um, those of you that are guests. My dad passed away about 18 or 19 months ago. And uh, for the first 30 years of my life, maybe longer than that, uh, Maybe the, the first 40 years of my life. Um, I never really knew about my relationship, my dad's relationship with God. I'm not saying you had one. I'm not saying you didn't. I just didn't know. But it was the last 10 years of his life, maybe the last 15 years of his life, my dad started praying with me. He would pray. I'd never heard my dad pray. Or if I had, it was forgettable <laughs> just to be quite honest with you it was some little old rote you know thing and and i didn't paint but the last 10 or 15 years of my life 
My dad communicated to me, and it is, I'm just telling you, it is priceless. It is priceless for me to tell you, standing up here today, my dad is in heaven. My dad is in heaven. The, the, I'm going to tell you something. The tragedy of life is not that our loved ones die. The tragedy of life is that our loved ones die, and we don't know where they are. That's the tragedy of life. And I have a confidence that my dad knew the Lord, that he knows the Lord, and loves the Lord, and he is with the Lord, and he communicated that to me because he started praying out loud with me. And I'm telling you, that's a, you we, what a gift. What a gift we can give our children. What a gift we can rob our children of. And, our, and other loved ones. By not praying. It communicates that our relationship with God is real. And not just some belief in some higher power, power uh, uh, up in the wherever it is kind of deal. Number two. When we pray with our loved ones, our children, our, our spouses. Uh, um, it communicates to them that we believe, we actually believe in a God. That hears and answers our prayers. Um, that we really, we really believe that God is listening to us. That he cares about us. That he wants to help us. And he will help us. Um, our prayers are so, for the most part, I'm not speaking about everybody. But for the most part, our prayers are so rote. They're so vague. They're so general. They're so safe. They're so risk much. They're so faithless. Um, we don't pray for much. And so we don't get much. We don't, we don't expect God to do it. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've gone into a hotel, uh, hotel a uh, hospital room where somebody is seriously sick and I'll go in with some other believer and we'll go in there and we'll pray and God would you you know whatever for this person and we're, we're praying in faith that you'll heal them and we're blah and we'll we'll go outside and, and before the door closes the person beside me will, they'll be dead in two weeks well maybe they will but what, what, do we, what were we just doing in there they, they weren't praying in faith He'll be dead in two weeks. Our, we, we, we are so afraid of dishonoring God's reputation that we're afraid to ask Him for big, mighty, miraculous, world-changing things. I'm not talking about making God some short-order cook. Or some bellboy or some butler. God, I want a Cadillac. And God, I want a million dollars. And God, help me to win the lottery. And God, help my goofy, silly, stupid football team to win a ball game. And all these silly, ridiculous things. I'm, but, I, but the contrast to that is just saying, well, God, you know, we believe in you. And we're glad you're on our side. And um, have a good day. Amen. What did you pray? What, what did you ask God for? How do you know if God heard you? How would you know if God answered you? 
I'm not talking about putting on a show. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm just saying, oh, that the people around us would hear us pray in faith and asking God for big and mighty things that only God can do. I want the people around me. I want my daughter. I want my grandson. I want my friends to believe that I believe that my God hears me, that my God is strong enough to help me, and that my God cares enough about me to help me. I want you to believe that I believe that. And I'm telling you, if they grow up or they're around us long enough, and they hear us communicating in our prayers that we believe that God is with us, that God is strong enough to help us, and that God cares about helping us, maybe they'll start believing that too. Third thing that I think is important about this is that it's important that we teach our loved ones where we go when we need help. We show them where we go. Don't you get confused about that. They know where, where we go when we need help. We go to the medicine cabinet. We go to the local tavern. We go to the uh, whatever, wherever, you know. We, we, we go to the drugstore. We show our family. We show our friends where we go for help. Oh, that we would show them that when we face difficulty, and problems, and failure, and sin, and hurt. Oh, that we would show them, and display in front of them, that where I go is to God. Healing for forgiveness, for wisdom, for light, for help. I want, I want Rainy and I want my grandson to know what it looks like to cast your cares upon God, because He cares for us. Um, our children don't know. They don't know instinctively. They don't know intuitively where to go when they face difficulty. When, they have a, when they're facing a bully at school or their feelings have been hurt because they were left out of a party. Or they're afraid because their friend's parents are splitting up and they're scared to death that their mom and dad might split up too. Where, who teaches them where to go when you face difficulty? And then lastly, I think it's so important that we pray with our children, with our friends, with our mates, with our neighbors. Um, I've got a, a, a precious lady that, that um, actually is a caregiver for an elderly gentleman that lives across the street from me, and her name is Marilyn. And she is just delightful, bigger than life. And uh, she and I are big buddies. And regularly, um, when I'm driving in my driveway uh, or pulling out of my driveway, she'll run out of the, out of the uh, garage uh, and, and flag me down. And uh, she wants me to stop and she wants me to pray with her. Pray with her about her son who's not doing good. Pray with her about her business. Pray with her about her health. It's so important that the people around us be given the opportunity to see where we go when we face 
problems and battles and failure and difficulty. Um, the last one. Uh, I believe praying with people, praying with your children, is the, is the most powerful way to teach them good theology. I, I did not believe this for most of my life, but I believe it now. Theology was really never designed to be taught. Theology was really designed to be caught. And when we pray with the people that we care about, over time they learn who God is. How God operates. What's important to God. What God's like. How God feels about me. They also learn how I feel about God. They also learn what I believe about God. How I see God. How I see God relating to me. When we pray with people, they learn what we believe about God. They learn, if they pray with me over time, that God is holy when they hear me confess sin. They learn that I believe that God is a God of provision when I ask God to meet a big need in my life. They learn that God is my provider when I give thanks for food. They learn that God cares about me as I ask God for help. They learn that God is powerful and beautiful as they hear me in my prayers, give God worship and praise. Like Michael, how could you listen to what Michael said today and not think, wow, the God that Michael believes in, he's powerful, but he also cares about me. What if you turn that into a prayer? You're still conveying the exact same message. And I can just tell you right now, dealing with folks, most folks do better when they overhear things rather than when they hear things. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to believe. Don't tell me stuff like that. Then we don't like that. Right? But if we overhear it, it somehow has greater potential in my mind to get inside our hearts. Now don't misunderstand me. I'm not suggesting that we use our prayers to manipulate people. You're not doing what I think you ought to do. So I say, Lord, would you bless old Austin and please open his eyes so that he can see that everybody that does this thing that he's doing, they wind up burning in the lake of fire. Amen. Okay. Now that's not, that, I'm not talking about praying to manipulate people or praying to preach at people. I mean, you're praying. As you pour out your heart and your pain and your joys and your thanks and your theology unto the Lord. The last thing I would say is this about, about that. This is where some of you are going to disagree with me and I'm not, I'm just giving you something to think about. For some reason, we as parents, we are so quick to want our children to pray 
that we teach them these little old rhymes and poems and songs and all these things. And I, I'm clearly I don't think that stuff's the best deal going. If you think it's the best deal going, Lord bless your ministry. Okay. I just would say in our passion for our kids to pray. Really it's more of a passion in my opinion because we, we think it's cute. And it makes us happy. Oh how cute. To hear our kids quote these little poems and songs and rhymes and all these little things. Uh, at the dinner table or wherever we're doing it. And uh, I would just appeal to us. Let them hear you pray. Especially you dead gum dads. There's something I will never get over when my dad started praying around me. And I'm not, I'm not trying to get into a deal on... I'm just saying, when, when, when they know, you know, my dad's not much of a prayer. My dad doesn't say much about God. and he's not, That's not his big deal. And all of a sudden they hear you praying... That'll get their attention. That means something. That is significant. And uh, I'm not suggesting that the prayer. In fact, I am suggesting that the prayers of a mama probably are more <laughs> powerful than the prayers of anybody. And I'm not playing that down. I, you hear what I'm saying? That in our attempt to find cuteness in listening to our kids pray. Don't rob them of the blessing of letting them listen to you pray. Because that can change this. Um, okay, uh, it really can. Uh, in many, many ways. Um, okay, I'm going to stop. Um, if you don't know where to begin, just read the, book of, read the prayer book. That's the book of Psalms. And find two or three verses in one of the Psalms. And just start praying that with your kids. You can read it right out of the Bible. Um, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be something that, we make it harder than it has to be. But I'm telling you, when coworkers come up to you and say, my marriage is falling apart. I realize that we live in a world where we have to be very careful. Uh, but when, when people are open and they're hurting. We have these unbelievable opportunities to just say, let me pray for you real quick. And then pray short to the point, specifically about whatever it is that's going on in their life. But over time, that'll, that'll, that'll have profound impact. I'm telling you, I've seen it. I, I, I know it to be true. And... Um, it just conveys so many things into the life of the one that's overhearing us uh, pray. Okay. Um, Jerry, you and Kim, y'all want to come up here and help me, please? We're going to take the Lord's Supper. I wrote this verse down in Romans chapter 12. Paul says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer.
joyful in hope. Um, as a community of faith, we are declaring as a family that we have joy in our hope that the Son of God came and offered His life and His body and His blood as a sacrifice for our sins. Sisters become the children of God. Brothers and sisters to the Son of God. Children to the Father of, to, to, to God the Father. And uh, that is our joyful hope. And we eat bread that represents the body of Jesus and we drink wine or juice, which is yellow, um, uh, just to remember, just to remember what is true. And that is that God sent His Son to die for us so that we could experience forgiveness and life. That is our hope. That is what we have put our faith in. And if that is your hope, if that is what you put your faith in, I'm not a Catholic, I'm not a Baptist, I'm not a Presbyterian, I'm not a member of your church. I didn't ask you about any of that. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Do you have a joyful hope in the sacrifice of the Son of God and His death on the cross as the means through which you have experienced relationship with God and adoption into His family? If that is where you have placed your joyful hope, you come, and you eat, and you drink, and you remember and give thanks. There will be people over by this window, and there will be people over by that window who would love to pray with you if you would like somebody to pray with you. Um, please avail yourself of that if that is your need. Okay? You come when it's time.